in today's show. We're looking back at all of the news and all of the action from Sunday for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Check out PricePicks.com and use the promo code NBA or download their app from your app store. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we are available on all platforms. There are six games on Sunday that we're going to recap, but there's a shit ton of news as well. So let's get into that right now, starting with an update across the weekend on Zion Williamson. Um, I spoke about this on one of the shows across the weekend. I don't know, but I know this is the uh, the flagship show or whatever where most people listen. So let's give an update. Zion, um, the foot is not healing properly. He is going to be withheld out of basketball activities, and it's going to be a delay to his return. This, to me, rules him out of all of December. This, to me, makes it unlikely he is back before the middle of January. This, to me, increases the odds of him not playing this season significantly. I would be dropping Zion Williamson in fantasy leagues. I know he's going to be good if he plays and when he plays four minutes, but when the hell is that going to be? Right? Don't keep burning roster spots or having to burn roster spots because he's stashed in your IR. When he comes back after this long out, he's not playing 30 minutes a night. He's sitting back-to-backs. He's playing 20 minutes a night for weeks. It's not worth it. Move on. Jeremy Grant, torn thumb ligaments, six weeks out. We're going to talk more about the ramifications of that when I recap the Pistons game later on. But again, six weeks feels like almost, well, it is a minimum. It's re-evaluated in six weeks. So we're probably talking eight. Maybe it's seven. Maybe it is six, but it feels like minimum six. Well, no, it is minimum six. It feels like it's going to be eight. Um, again, in this situation, it's not the same as Zion where he's going to be significantly limited when he comes back. But if you don't have IR, he's not good enough to hold. And if you do have multiple players that need that spot, you've got to drop him. It's unfortunate, but that's what happens. Zach Levine joins a million Bulls players in the uh, COVID protocols. You don't drop him, of course. They could get DeMarta Rosen back on Thursday. They could get Kobe White and Javante Green back on Tuesday. They also lose Troy Brown to COVID protocols. At this point, they're one player above the minimum required to play an NBA game. So there is a chance that game gets postponed. But if White and Green are back and ready to go, then they'll be they'll be playing that game. Luka Doncic missed today's game. He'll miss tomorrow's game due to his ankle issue. He might even miss Wednesday's game. That really elevates the value of Jalen Brunson, the burner. We'll talk about the Mavs a little bit more later on. But it's not looking good for Luka playing. If you're, if you're going to choose to start, you'll have your week this week and start Luka Doncic. I wouldn't. He's a chance he misses at least two games. That's not great. Uh, other players in the COVID protocols, Rowan Barrett Jr., you can drop him. The big sneeze, Precious Achua, hopefully weren't holding him in 12-team leagues. But what it does mean is that the wiki Chris Boucher does become a 12-team ad as long as Achua is out, 
we can add him there. Um, Jalen Brown is returning, but I would imagine he's going to be on a minutes limit for the Celtics. I don't think they're going to be going full balls to the wall with him. And uh, Jim Butler remains on the sideline. Unfortunately, it won't be Caleb Martin getting his minutes because he is also in the COVID protocols, but looking at someone like a Gabe Vincent to step up and get a larger role and become at least a um, at least a streaming, um, a streaming option for us. It's time for a Watfo. This one is thanks to Matt Martinez. And Matt says, what are the odds that Ben Simmons is traded to Portland this season? All right, it's a very specific traded to Portland. Now, there's, of course, 29 other teams in the NBA. There's also the chance that Simmons doesn't get traded. I would agree with Matt that Portland feels like one of the more likely teams. But Daryl Morey, it appears, is not all that interested in getting back CJ McCollum. Portland is not interested in trading away Damian Lillard. So I think the odds of it are pretty low. Now, the way this could happen, not a straight-up one-for-one. I don't think that goes down. But as a three four-team trade that gets Simmons to Portland and other players, McCollum goes somewhere else and other players get back to uh, Philadelphia, that is a distinct possibility. That's why I'm not ruling this as like a 10% or 15% sort of scenario. I think we're looking at 33% here for Simmons to end up in Portland. I'm still you know, not convinced that it's going to happen. There apparently is momentum on a deal for Simmons coming from somewhere, but I'm not really, uh, I, I don't know where it is. I don't have any inside track on that as to what team he's going to. If Simmons is on your waiver wire, like this is a common question I've been asked, hey, do I drop Zion and add Simmons? Yes. Yes, you do. That is a move that I would make. I think the likelihood of Simmons playing this season feels higher than Zion's at this stage. And then when Simmons does play, he'll be just full ball. Like minutes straight up, no problem. No resting, no limited minutes, nothing like that. So I do think that um, Simmons will get de- dealt to Portland. You know, I'm looking at it as a as a you know one-third possibility, one in three possibility that he ends up as a member of the Portland Trailblazers this season. But I'm going to tell you guys, if you want to watch Portland Trailblazers basketball, you know where you do it. You've got one device. You've got your live sports device right there. You might even put a label on it. It says live sports device. And then you've got your other shows. Maybe you're ready to watch Succession, which as I'm recording, this is currently airing. I cannot wait to watch it later on. You've got another device for that. Then you've got your highlights you watch on your phone. Maybe you want to watch KD's 51-pointer today. That on your phone. And you've got your other login, friends, mates, login, missus, nurses, sisters, uncles, cousins, gardeners, TV repairman. They're logging for something else. So I'm going to tell you about a simple way. You can get all your entertainment together without the hassle. And finally, a great way to get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Streaming. It brings your live TV and your on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. All right, so that'll take us. We're not going to do you know, most added players or most drop players because we just did that this morning with the waiver wire show. So let's go straight in and have a look at the games. First game of the day, the Milwaukee Bucks in an extraordinarily early game, they knocked off the New York Knicks 112 to 97. Big, big win for the Bucks there. Chris Middleton, who'd been a little bit down lately, 24, 8 and 4, 4 threes and 2 steals. Really good game from Chris. He possibly is a bit of a buy low because people are pretty disappointed with him. But even with all the disappointment, he's the 40th ranked player. Like It's not like he's having a shit season. He's 40th. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Big triple-double. 20 and 10. 11 assists. 
75 from the line. Unfortunately, just 44 from the field. Giannis's field goal percentage has been disappointing a little bit of late. Um, but overall, a pretty good line there. While Punchbob had 19 and 10 with three steals and three threes in 30 minutes. And those of you who added DeMarcus Cousins, I know you're out there. You, I know some of you are listening to this. Please, what are you doing? 12-team leagues, see you later. There's no need. 14-team leagues, drop him, please. He's playing 12 minutes a night, and there's literally no other center getting those minutes. He is not worth holding on to. Grayson Allen, 12 points, 2 triples, 29 minutes. Not a bad game from Grace, but he's only like a 14 to 16 team league guy. And the big ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, is ready to return, probably this week. Now, I don't think, as I talked about in the Wave Watch show, I don't think DiVincenzo is a must-roster player. He was barely a must-roster guy last year. In fact, I don't think he even was. And that's without Grayson Allen and without coming back from ankle surgery. There'll be stream value for him. He'll have some good games. He'll have some shit ones. But in general, I think he's going to be kept pretty low in minutes. And him and Allen sort of share that role. So I wouldn't be adding DiVincenzo, but I wouldn't be holding Allen either. Well, finally, a shit game from Pat Connaughton. 24 minutes, 10 points, two threes. He has somehow defied all logic and all of my basketball knowledge to maintain a 12-team league value. And I've consistently said he won't continue to do it. And he's proven me wrong and made me look like a right dickhead every time. Finally, Pat, I get one up on you and you look shit. So that's good. <laughs> 10 points, two dribbles. Hold him. I just, I don't, again... I will not be moved of this position that I don't see how Pat Connaughton can remain a 12-team league guy all season. I might die on this hill and just wither up and look stupid for all of eternity. But I'm going to stick with what I believe. And that is that Pat Connaughton will not be a 12-team league guy. Drew Holiday had 13 points. Pretty low usage game there. Well, Rocket Rodney Hood, out of nowhere. 14 points, two triples. Do not get excited about that. And I wouldn't get overly excited about old Grimey here. Quinton Grimes, 27 points in 40 minutes. Yes, Quentin Grimes played 40 minutes. Why? Because Rowan Barrett was out, Obi Toppin was out, and Alec Burks was also on the sidelines. Alec Berg. Grimes started, and I think he will continue to start without Barrett there. I also don't expect him to shoot 53%, to take more shots than literally anybody on the team, to play more minutes than literally anybody on the team. The three steals are nice. He can hit some threes. Sure, 14-team stream guy, have a crack at it. No worries. See what happens. 12-team must-add, get out of here. No way. Derek Rose, 18, 2, and 7, 3 steals. We don't know when Burks will be back. We know that this team was completely um, limited and Kemba still didn't play. That doesn't preclude Kemba from coming back at some point. But you know, adding Rose now is worth looking at. While the double royal, Julius Randle. Just the 8 points on 22%. That's terrible. But 10 rebounds and 7 assists. I don't know. He just continues to remain painful to watch. While Quickly had 11 points, 5 assists, 2 steals. I think there is some appeal in having Quickly on a 12-team roster without it being must roster. And if you want to know how crazy this game was, Kevin Knox scored 18 points with 5 threes in 29 minutes. Are you frothing Kevin Knox? Of course you're not. But it just shows you how crazy this game was. 28 minutes for Nerlens Noel, 18 for Mitch Robinson. Mitch Robinson, he's about to get double sound bit here. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Here. Double sound bit? That sounds stupid. I know it's a sound bite, but it sound, sounds dumb saying it that way. Uh, nine and eight, but only 18 minutes. You can't hold a bloke playing 18 minutes, I don't think. Noel, zero points. Yeah, that's shocking. But two steals, one block, seven rebounds. Nobody here is rostering Nerlens Noel for his scoring aptitude. Nobody, not one single person. And if you are, give it up. Give fantasy away, because that's not what you're doing. 
If you need defensive stats, sure. Nerlens can be a bloke that you add in, but do not have, do not hesitate to have a quick trigger on dropping his ass because he's going to get injured. He's going to be shit at times. Well, speaking of shit, the diseased scrotum, Evan Fournier. He had six points in 27 minutes, and even with everyone out, he still remained terrible. Drop him. Don't feel bad about it. Move on. I like Evan Fournier. You've known that for years. But there is absolutely no reason that I would be considering in a 12-team format holding on to him at this point. Let's look at the next one, the Brooklyn Nets. They get the win over the Pistons, 116-104. That was sluggish. Took them a while to get there, but they got there because Kevin Durant was awesome. Probably the only player who was awesome, but he was. 51 points in 41 minutes. His minutes load, giggity, is gigantic at the moment. 40 minutes a night over his last seven games. 51 points, 5-3, 7 rebounds, 9 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Unbelievable from the line. Unbelievable from the field. Just a spoiler, I reckon he might be the monstrous line of the night. What do you think? He is now the number three player this season, just dominating. LaMarcus Aldridge basically doesn't play fourth quarters anymore. That's something to watch. But he had 15 and 5 with a block in 25 minutes, and that's still useful. If he gets 25 in the first three quarters and produces those numbers, then we hold him. But it's one to watch. Patrick Mills had 18 points with four threes and five assists. He retains some 12-team value, very back-end 12-team value, while a bunch of players are out. And with Jimmy Harden resting, Cam Thomas played 29. He had 13, 4, and 3. He's looked pretty good when he's out there. I worry that this is not enough opportunity for him when Harris and Harden are playing. Harris still a way away, of course. But deeper leagues, you want to pay attention to that. While Bembry, who was getting 30 minutes a night, is not. See you later. 17 minutes there. The Shark, Bruce Brown, played uh, 23 minutes. Baby Shark, He's nowhere near a 12-team league guy. Well, Jim Johnson got a spot start. He had five assists, but he didn't make me proud enough to play the song, so we can't do that. Well, Blakey Griffin got nine minutes, and also David Duke. Yes, David Duke uh, got some minutes. Nine minutes of them. In fact, zero points. Let's talk about the Pistons, because they were playing without Jeremy Grant, and let's talk about Cade Cunningham. Martin, if you're watching, remember when you told me that Cade was a bust and that Jalen Green should have gone number one because of Jalen Green's competitive fervor, and you could just tell how much he wanted it, and Cade was too passive? Cade had 26, 8, and 6, 3 steals, a block, 5, triple shot, 50% from the field. Big usage. He is the 18th ranked player over the last two weeks. He is going to go on an absolutely gigantic run here. 50 fantasy points. Um, don't be shocked. He's 64th for the season. Top 50 finish is likely. Don't be shocked if he's a top 30 guy rest of the way. Uh, I think he's really good, and we are seeing that now. And we're going to get an opportunity without turnaround, pull-up, Jeremy Grant contested twos for a while. They started, as expected, Hamadou Diallo over, oh, instead of Grant. Have a time. And as expected, he wasn't very good. 11 points. Now, he is a guy that is highly, highly, highly overrated for fantasy. Every time we, he gets an opportunity to be a starter or minutes go up, everyone's like, yes, it's hammer time. Go and add him. And I go, maybe not. I don't buy it at all for him as a fantasy guy. If you want to take a flyer, no problem. All right, he is going to start because Trey Lyles remains literally the worst rotation player in the entire NBA. But he's just not good. He has percentage issues. He doesn't hit many threes. He doesn't really get many rebounds or many steals. He's not a high usage guy. And he's going to get lost in that starting lineup. Stream him if you want. Don't get excited. Killian Hayes hurt his thumb again. He had a triple one with three assists, but he's only obviously a streamer. While the depressed penis. I thought before today my dick could not get any sadder. But then I saw this bloke. And went, what are, what are we doing here? Remember, remember, it's hard when you talk quick. Remember when um, 
the draft happened. I hated that draft last year from the Pistons, and I looked foolish last season. Sadiq Bay is not good. He, he isn't good. Maybe it's because they're trying to make him do too many things, and he's better off being a w- much worse shooting Duncan Robinson. Maybe, maybe not given Robinson shooting at the moment. He's not good. If you want to give him the old Jack Armstrong, what's stopping you? Get that garbage out of here! He's shit. The Flaming Galar, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of Flaming Galars. 40 minutes. That's good. Nine points. That's bad. But 10 boards, two steals, and a block. He is a 12-team league guy, and they don't have that crutch of playing Jeremy Grant at center anymore, so they're going to have to play Isaiah Stewart more. Because let's be honest, Luca Garza is not an NBA player. Trey Lyles, he's not an NBA player either. They don't have any other options. Lyles played eight minutes and went scoreless. Yeah, so if you added him in 12-10 leagues, you can, uh, kids, cover him. You can fuck him off with the absolute quickness. See you later, Trey. But let's talk about some good things. And that is not Rodney Magruder. Let's talk about Saban Lee. I've mentioned him a million times on waiver wire shows. Hey, watch him. Long-term watch. Upside grab. Corey Joseph, surely he's not going to play all season. Corey Joseph didn't play today. DMPCD. Saban Lee played 28 minutes, had 17, 6, and 6, three steals, a block with two triples. Holy shit. Is it happening? Is it maybe happening? I know for sure if I'm in a 14-team league, I'm taking the flyer on Saban. Killian Hayes' thumb is rooted. He hurts at every single game. Corey Joseph's bad, and he's not conducive to development at all. Lee tore up the G League. Tore it up. And he brought that form across here. He probably is more of a steals and assists sort of streamer who does struggle with his shot. But if you've got dead weight, if you picked up Trey Lyles, mate, swap it. Add save and see what happens. I would possibly... I was going to say possibly and probably and almost turned it into a melange of nonsense. Um, I would probably add him over Frank Jackson. Now, Jackson had 25 points with six threes, but in true Frank Jackson style, he does nothing else. There is no worse assisting guard in the entirety of the NBA. One rebound, one assist. Nick Young looks at that and goes, dude, dude, you probably need to pass more. And that's Nick Young. This guy cannot pass. Cannot do anything. But when he gets hop and the shots go in, it looks great. So there is some streaming value there for him as a scorer and three-point shooter. Yeah, I can see him. Yeah, Cade can play the three. He's big enough. Lee, Jackson. Yeah, next game though, it might be Diallo. It might be Josh Jackson. It might be Sadiq Bay. I don't know. But Saban's probably the most interesting player out of that group there for the old Detroit Pistons. Now, if I want to get strong, if I want to build myself up, if I want to be just an absolute ripped unit, what should I ask for Santa for Christmas? Dear Santa, I am a 41-year-old man who wants protein bars. He's going to go, mate, this bloke, is he all right? And I'm going to say, yeah, yeah. Because the only way I can get my built bars, I love them. Santa, you've got to help me out. And you're kind of, Josh, you're real lucky because my warehouse, absolutely chock full, because I know the demand's going to be there for built bars. I go, Santa, how did you get so many? Well, well long story short, short, Josh, I used your code LOCKED15 and I just, I just bought them out. You bought all of them, Santa. That's amazing. Little Bobby's going to be so thrilled that he can get his Christmas wish and mine fulfilled at once. Santa's got all the flavors there. Cookies and cream. Salted caramel, mint brownie, raspberry orange, and even the new flavors. Candy cane, he is absolutely rolling in those, Santa. So go, like Santa, to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. Why don't you get some of them in here? Get your stocking stuffed with Santa's bars 
right from BuiltBar.com. So, oh, sorry, Built.com. BuiltBar, we are built different. BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, more odds, more lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. If only BetOnline had some sort of line for me to bet to say that Trey Lyles is the worst NBA rotation player, because I know I'd take yes on that for sure. But that's probably not something you can really bet on. But you can bet on other things. Head online to their website, newly updated, or use your mobile device to sign up and use the code Locked On and get a 50% welcome bonus from basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, the UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. And take advantage of all of the fantastic offers they have for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. And now is where we start on the third game of the day. That is the Dallas Mavericks pumping the thunder, 103-84. No Luka Doncic, so Jalen Brunson started 18-9-3. I talked about this on the Waiver Wire show today. He's not rostered everywhere. All right, he has to be. Please, figure it out. Get him going. Get him back onto a roster. Has to be. Maxi Kleber. Is it? Maybe? Don't know. 30 minutes, 16-7. and seven. I believe he should play 30 minutes every single night. I am also not Jason Kidd, thankfully. It's worth... Considering it's worth watch-listing him, it's worth adding in 14 teams. But I don't know if it's going to happen every game. Remember, Willie Cauley-Stein was out. And Willie Cauley-Stein was out meant the C part of Moses Brown played. And I've been unfair to Moses Brown. Actually, that's not true. I've been harsh on Moses Brown, saying he's not really a very good NBA player, which is absolutely true. But I'm also honest to say he played well today. Now, it is against the Thunder, so the matchup's not that tough. But he had 15 and 6 with a steal and two blocks. I have never denied Moses Brown's ability to put up stats when given the minutes. My problem was he's always been too shit to get those minutes on a solid team. But he played well enough today to get the minutes and the fantasy stats flowed. I'm not adding him in 12-team leagues, but I'm absolutely monitoring that situation. Because if Moses Brown finds 22 minutes a night, then he can contribute to 12-team leagues. I've got to watch that one. Pulzingis, only the 30 minutes for him. Pulzingis... Um, 13 and 7, not the best night. While Reggie Bullock had 6 points in a start. While Tim Hardaway, also dreadful, 6 points on 9 shots. No need to hold him. You can, you can. No need to, though. I'd much rather drop him and take a flyer on a Muxy Kleber or even a Dorian Finney-Smith, whose line doesn't look sexy when you start with 8 points. But you had 2 threes, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks, and it's pretty bloody good. He's a top 100 player over the last 2 weeks, Dorian, and that's useful. Now, by no means is he a guy you have to hold and just, you know, love him all season. You run with him, Doncic is out, you hope you get some numbers, and you see what happens. I don't mind it. For the Thunder, Shea had 18, 4, and 5 with two blocks. His shooting numbers remain really, really bad, especially the three-point shooting. So that does give him some scope to improve, but it's been rough for like eight weeks now. While Darius Baisley, 30 minutes, 10 points. He hit 3-3 somehow, only three shots he hit, and blocked three shots. He's a very good defensive stats streamer. He's a good rebound streamer. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him for the other categories. But in points leagues, there is some value there for Bayes. With Lou Dort going out at halftime with an ankle injury, watch this space as to his injury. We don't know what's going to happen long-term. Um, Alexei Pokashevsky, probably his most minutes for the season, 23 of them. Four points, nine rebounds, and a triple one. Watch that space. Well, Joshie Giddy only the six points because 21% is horrific. But seven rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block. Nice contributions in those other categories. Yes, people will tell me, man, you can't have him in 12-team categories, which is a gigantic pile of shit. Uh, you, you obviously can have him, but he is going to have an impact on your field goal percentage. There is no doubt about that, right? And if you can't afford that, then I understand um, you probably don't want to add him. But someone's got to have him. Right? Somebody has a bad field goal percentage and has to roster him. Has to. Robinson Earl was benched for Derek Favors in the second half while the Salt Flake 
Fuel Maladon. He started the second half. For Dort, he had zero points in 13 minutes. He has looked dreadful. Shocking. Remember last year's draft class, before the draft, it was considered um, weak. You know, I believe that assessment. And then you know, people were like, oh, man, nah, they've actually been really good, these guys, during the season. Nah, you know, people were lying about them being a bad draft class. They are a bad draft class. There is a couple of guys who are good, and that's it. Some of these other guys have a, a stretch of being rotation players, but long-term, they're not good. Um, and that extends to even guys that I liked, like Killian Hayes, for example. Overall, that draft class is not very good at all. And if we want to talk good, though, let's go on. Well, actually, we, we can't talk good just yet because we're going to talk Pelicans first. We're going to talk about the next game, which is the Pelicans and the Spurs. San Antonio wins at 112-97. Um, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. Like, all right. 17-12, and 12, one block. After that red-hot run of a top-20 player, he's 47th over the last two weeks. He's outside the top-25 for the season. He was always going to cool off some. Now, of course, we don't know if Zion's going to play ever again this season. So that impact's not there. But what he was doing, like shooting 55% from three, was obviously going to cool. Ingram had 27-7-9, and nine, but really, really poor efficiency numbers. While Josh the Hitman Hart had 13-10 and 10 on really good field goal percentage. Hart is a must-roster guy. While Bill Hernan Gomez, please don't worry about him in 12s. Like 10-9 and nine is fine, but... There's absolutely no need to have him as a 12-team league player. Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Encouraging to see him play 31 minutes. That's good. 15 points with three threes is also good. Two steals is good. But in a shout-out to Frank Jackson, he had two rebounds and zero assists and shot 38%. He's going to kill your field goals. You don't have to roster him. And the only situation you can is if it's a punt field goal scenario. There were quite a few people saying, Josh, how come you're not telling us Herb Jones is a must-roster? Well, this is why. Herb Jones is totally fine to have on a 12-team league roster. But if I see a waiver wire and he's on there, I don't go, your league is shithouse and you must roster him. Two steals and two blocks is nice. But he had two points in 24 minutes. I don't believe that this really hot streak of shooting that he had is going to maintain. He can be He's a steal specialist to me, and that's really it. The blocks are really nice. And I think he's a very good real-life player. Right? Very, very good for what he is in his role. But I don't think that makes him an absolute must-roster. He's fine to roster in 12-team leagues, but he is not a must-roster player in my mind. He is the 159th-ranked player this season, 127th over the last two weeks. And that's fine. It's just not must-must-roster. Devontae Graham. All right, we need to just admit he's not good. 10-team drop, 12-team drop. Eight points, zero rebounds, two assists, 27%. He's just not good. Just a bee's dick inside the top 200 over the last two weeks. Rough shit. And why, sorry for raising my voice, but Willie Green, I know you're listening. Why are you playing Troy Murphy, Troy Murphy, Trey Murphy, five minutes while Garrett Temple's bumbling around for 13 and Thomas Adaransky's doing nothing in 17? Play Trey Murphy. This is a dude who, who really could have been starting to begin the year. And you've just buried him for God knows what reason. Watch him long-term in deeper leagues. At some point, something has to give. I don't need 13 minutes of Garrett Temple every day in my life. I don't. Nobody needs it. Not one Pelicans fan watching this goes, man, you know what I wish? More Garrett Temple. Great bloke. Shit player. Now, now we can get positive. Because it's time to talk about the San Antonio Spurs. Maximum Derek. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that you know everyone who hated him is a dickhead. Because it's just not true. Because he was really poor to start this season. 
And I said, look, I understand if you want to drop him. Personally, I will not do it because I fully believe that he is a good player. But I was starting to have doubts. But maybe he just can't be efficient anymore. Maybe the injuries have hurt him that much that the confidence isn't there and it's not coming back. 34 minutes for Derek White, 24, 8, and 9, 4 steals and a block. But what this does do is that when I project him to be the 55th best player or 60th best player or whatever I did preseason, around that mark, and, and we're drafting him in that area, fourth or fifth round type area, it's because I looked at him and went, this guy should be the player to take on the large offensive role and to be that player that can you know, do so much defensively, can ha- get some assists, and can score and do it well. That's what I envisaged for him. And I looked like, honestly, I look like a dickhead because he looked horrible. But it just, I guess it helps me go, maybe you're not a complete moron. Maybe, Josh, you actually have some idea about viewing a player that way. Maybe you, you know, yeah, because I was like, I just shouldn't have talked about Derek White. It's just going to blow up in my face. I'm going to look stupid. This, he will still have shit games. No worries about that. He's also the 31st ranked player over the last two weeks. He's flying. DeJounte Murray, not great, but it's still a triple-double. 10 points on 39% is bad, but 12 rebounds, 10 assists, and 3 steals is really good. They're working all right together. Jakob Pertl, forget the free throws. Forget them. You're never winning them. 4 of 9, but 83 from the field, 24 and 12, 2 blocks. He's really, really good. He's really good. Calvin Johnson isn't really good. 29 minutes, 17 points. Again, it always looks good at the start of a line. The three threes is actually good for him, but they're nothing else. He's a great points league guy. A fantastic top 100-ish points league player. Had 25 of them here. But he's not a 12. He's not a 10-team must roster category guy, and he's probably not a 12. Dougie McDirt added in 13 points. I'm really impressed by Trey Jones. If DeJounte Murray goes down, Trey Jones is a must roster to me. Watch that one. Watch it. Although they could start Vassell. As for Vassell, I would hold him. It was bad, and it's been bad since returning. Two points, three rebounds. That's bad. 14%. That's bad. But one steal, two blocks. Yeah, cool. Really good. I think he pushes and can beat. Look, he's, what is he now? This 128th in limited minutes. I think he should get 28 tonight. Uh, Lonnie Walker's bad. 11 points on 11 shots in 22 minutes. He's a stream when you're desperate for points, and that is absolutely it. Or Drew Eubanks played 14 minutes, and Thad Young and Bryn Forbes both out of the rotation um, as the Spurs did a really good job. So let's go on to the next game, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They end up getting the win over the Portland Trailblazers. It was 116-111 in the end. Um, D'Angelo Russell was back. They said there might be a minutes limit. He played 35. He had 16-5-5, and shot poorly again, but nice counting stats. Russell's been playing really, really well this season and continued with another nice night. Well, uh, Goose, Anthony Edwards. Lowish minutes, he did have some foul issues, but still had 24 points, while Towns dropped 23 and 10 in 35. And another big game from Jared Vanderbilt Bar. 14 and 7 for him, three steals and a block. Absolute must roster player. I think Patrick Beverly is as well. 10, 4 and 4, two steals, uh, sorry, two threes and three steals, while Malik Beasley, you can easily drop him. Six points with two triples with D'Angelo Russell back. They don't need his scoring or his shooting with Russell back in the lineup. If Russell goes out again, then you can go and um, add him back if you like. Now, for the Blazers, they made a change. They put Robert Covington on the bench and Larry Nance starting. So Covington, of course, played 33 minutes and had three points, five rebounds, three assists, five steals, and four blocks for an absolutely gigantic game. He only shot one of six from the field, but the reason he played so much is because Larry Nance had two fouls in four minutes and three fouls in about the first quarter, and Covington got extended run there. And then he ended up playing really well defensively. 
we know that Covington has not been good this year. Barely top 150, outside the top 200 over the last two weeks, really trending down. And then Nance's foul trouble gave him the elevation here. I don't think this is what's going to happen every night. Clearly, five steals and four blocks isn't going to happen every single night for um, for Covington. Like I think we treat him as a steal specialist with some blocks added in and knowing that this isn't going to happen all the time. They also started Nasir Little over CJ McCollum, but it was Anthony Simons who really benefited. 32 minutes for Simons, 26.6 dribbles. He looked really good. He's fine as a 12-team league guy, while Little played just 20 minutes and had 10 points there with a block. Hard to look at that and say that's must roster. Fine if you want to hold, but not must roster. Well, Larry Nance ended with 25 minutes. 8, 12, and 3 is not bad. Bad free throw shooting, but given the fact that he played 25 minutes despite foul trouble, I would expect him to play 30 minutes next game. And I think if you did add him in 12-team leagues, you want to hold. Lillard returned, and the shooting is still horrible. 29%, 24, 11, and 6 are good counting numbers, but cannot hit shots. His free throws were bad. He looks still to be in discomfort. I'm going to be pretty surprised if this is the only stretch of time he misses due to this injury. Well, Yusuf Nurkic was bad. Like, he just played poorly. Had foul trouble, 8 and 7 in 21 minutes. He just was not good, and they played really small a lot of the time. I'm not doing anything with Nurk. We're not dropping or anything, but that was a really, really poor performance from him in this game. But some, obviously, some interesting things happening. Dennis Smith, a clear drop with Simons and Lillard back. There's no need for him. He played four minutes and is not going to be... Um, you know, he is a guy that when the opportunity is there and he gets the minutes, he's going to produce, but clear, absolute drop. Um, that was always going to be the case. When those guys returned, those guys have returned. So you can move on from Dennis Smith Jr. All right, so let's go to the last game of the night. The Magic, it was close. They were leading at halftime. And then uh, the Lakers get over in 106-94. The Lakers took their foot off the pedal a bit in the fourth quarter, but it was a ridiculous... I think the the Magic shot 9% for the quarter in the third and a huge, huge um, turnaround of events in that quarter. For the Magic, Wendell Carter Jr., another big game. 16-8 16-8 and eight in 33 minutes. He continues to play at a really high level this year. Um, I still think that he's a superior player to Bumba, and I think it's probably going to be Bumba that hurts more when uh, Isaac eventually um, returns to whenever he's planning on doing whatever he's planning on doing. I, gotta, I don't know. Well, Bumba did hurt his ankle in this one. Just the 12 minutes, two points, two blocks. Still got a hold, Mo, of course, but uh, not a great night. Terrence Ross, 33 minutes. 15 points, three steals, two triples, six rebounds. Pushing into the top 150 over the last two weeks. Wouldn't say he's a must, but also not a terrible stream option and a solid 14-team league guy, while Cole Anthony, inefficient, but 21-6-5. Franz Wagner, he did uh, he did his thing again, if I could find the sound drop. 20 points, 2 triples, 7 rebounds, really good stuff. Big usage for him as well, and he continues to play at a very high level. Top 50 over the last two weeks, obvious must roster player. We'll see if that changes, but good for now. Well, Gary Harris, who had been playing well, not as good here. Two triples for six points in 33. And Roderick Hampton, man, he's been hugely disappointing. Five points, 15 minutes. They're not giving him the playing time. And of course, Jim Rakiki, two points on 11%. Yeah, I knew he wasn't really going to have too much of an impact on Wagner once the season started. And obviously, that's pretty obvious now. For the Lakers, LeBron James. Fucking goat outside. It's just a goat. No, it's a fucking goat. Man, he was unbelievable, wasn't he? Top five player this season in category leagues. 30 and 11, 10 assists, three blocks, three threes. Really put him away. And it was a massive game from Taylor Horton Tucker. 19 points with three threes, seven steals. Now, those steals, a lot of those came in the last two minutes. 
So it was still a good line, but he really padded it towards the end. I'm not looking at him as a must-roster 12-team league guy, but this was obviously really good. While Carmelo Anthony had 13 with three threes and two blocks, and Westbrook 19-7-5. They started Dwight Howard with Anthony Davis out. He also racked up the defensive stats. Four steals and two blocks for Dwighty. While Avery Bradley, who had been playing well the last two games... Uh, didn't do too much. Six points, two triples, a steal, a block. He's only a deeper league guy. While DeAndre Jordan found 10 minutes of action. Also, Malik Monk is rostered in a bunch of uh, fantasy leagues, a bunch of 12-team leagues. He shouldn't be. The role and the production is too inconsistent. And Austin Reeves played more than him here today. 25 for Reevesy. While um, Monk played 18 minutes for two points. It's just too hard to rely upon him for uh, enough playing time and enough production to be useful in a 12-team uh, format. All right, that'll take us across now to the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night goes to Kevin Durant. Big game from Durant. The waiver wire line of the night goes to Quentin Grimes of the Knicks. The young gun of the night is the sly hog himself, Cade Cunningham. My name is Richie Cunningham. And the dud of the night, because he's rostered in like 75% of advanced leagues, it, uh, it is Dennis Smith Jr. I tell a man's not hot. Obviously, he's a droppable player. The top 10 players today... Um, at number one was Kevin Durant. At number two was Derek White. Three was LeBron. Four was Cade. Five was Quentin Grimes. Six was Chris Middleton. Seven was Saban Lee. Eight, Giannis. Nine, DeJounte. Ten, Anthony Edwards. Your guys available in over 50% of leagues. Grimes at one. Lee, bit of a 14-team league streamer option. Ben McLemore, wouldn't worry too much there. Terrence Ross, good stream option for 14s and maybe 12s. Rocket Rodney Hood, don't care for that. Frank Jackson, 12s, no problem. As a streamer, of course. Muxy Kleber, probably more 14, but maybe knocking on the door. Darius Baisley, a nice 12-team option for points. While Taylor Horton Tucker, a good game, but I wouldn't trust it. Probably more 14s there as well. While Moses Brown, keep an eye on Moses. Add him in 16, and then we'll go from there. And then on to points leagues. Durant was at number one, followed by White, James, Antetokounmpo, Ingram, Cunningham, Pirtle, DeJounte, Chris Middleton, and Saban Lee. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.